I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Today, y'all, I've got some special guests on the podcast. Uh, we've got my brother, Joel. Hello, everybody. Hello. This Hi. is his first time on a podcast. Yes. This is, and so, this is quite the studio you have here, both, I've got to say. Both guests here are going to be... Uh, shall we say, a little shaky, because this is their first time on something like this. And then to my left, we have my beautiful mother, Mary, or Mom. Hello. And yes, um, your brother is right. This is quite the place for a studio overlooking the lake. Yes, we are at our family Christmas <coughs> gathering here in... Uh, what is it? Angola, Indiana on Crooked Lake. We run at a house here and we're looking out over the, the vast oceans of Crooked Lake. Oh, excuse me. Crooked Lake. And uh, it's beautiful here. So today I thought since we were together all in one room that we would discuss kind of the, the <coughs> origins of the first lawn care business that i ever had which was well it was me and my brother really but uh i think it was sutter brothers lawn care right sounds about right yeah so <laughs> could have been j j and a no i i think uh, uh care? No? i think i i uh came up finalized the name as sutter brothers and we made up flyers. I'll, I'll give you the credit for it. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's true, but, but that's fine. <laughs> I think it started out as Aaron's lawn mowing service. Oh, maybe. But I, I remember that we made up flyers, and uh, they had the little pull tabs, because back then we didn't have the internet <coughs> or anything else like that. We just had, you know. Paper. Paper. And so we hung them up in stores around the area. In the bank. Yep. The yep. post office was probably the most popular yeah i think the post office was probably the most popular but you got your first job from the poster that you hung in the grocery store right yeah the the <laughs> first one that i got was in a little store called carl's it was a spartans supermarket or whatever and <laughs> it wasn't super no <laughs> not no. nothing super about it no so uh anyway Back to the very beginning. So when I was, I guess I was nine. The other day I said I was 10, but apparently I was nine years old when I started the lawn care business, according to mom. And she apparently wrote all this stuff down as it was happening because she thought it was cute. Oh boy, it wasn't cute. I was out there being a man, making money. It was also very smart for a nine-year-old. So uh, we made up dad took flyer made up flyers i think for us on the computer at work mm, maybe um i think no your first your first posters you made yourself with your own hand oh maybe <coughs> they i don't i don't remember that the but. reason i know that is because i wrote down all the information that i thought you should have on your poster and then you copied it and made your own posters. Oh, maybe. Maybe I did. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, got the posters made. We hung them up, or I hung them up around town. And I remember I got one client that first year, just one client. And I tell you what, that first phone call, I've talked about it on the podcast before. It was real great, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> you guys you guys saw it. That's one of the... <laughs> The, the guy called at yep. dinner time, I think, or something, and mom answered well, the phone. And she, yep, she said, Aaron, this is for you. She's like, well, I'm sure it was, hello, Sutters. Uh-huh. And, uh, yep. and then, oh, well, yes, he is here, Aaron. This one's for you, if you <laughs> yeah. can remember, back in the days of wall phones and <laughs> yeah. everything else. And the, uh, we had the extra long extension cord, so that was key. But um, I just remember Aaron... Uh, getting on the phone and he realized that it was 
a call for the long business, and he started tugging at his pants, as he often does when he gets nervous. Uh, looks like a, kind of, yeah, like one of those... Uh, Fly, those flying suits that people do off the mountains, yeah, he kind of <laughs> flares his pants out. And uh, <clears throat> then he answered uh, very nervously, Yeah. Hello? Uh, Hello? Uh, Hello? <laughs> yeah. This is Aaron. <laughs> the guy on the other end chuckled. Uh, what was his name? He was. Uh, his for- name was Mr. Tab. Oh, that's, that's right. Tab. Yeah. Had emphysema. I no. always remember yeah. his emphysema. Yeah. Noah. Uh, no association with Tab the Drink. So, no. uh, <laughs> not a sponsor. No, not a sponsor. <laughs> he was he w- he appeared to be an older gentleman. I don't know what his actual age was, but he appeared to be an older gentleman. And with his emphysema and some other medical issues, he found it too difficult to mow his own lawn. I guess maybe I think he had homing pigeons too, and I think he spent. Oh, I didn't remember that. Oh yeah. He had a big old aviary in his backyard that he built while we were working there. And uh, I think he spent too much time in the guano or whatever they call it (laughs) from birds. But anyway, so this guy, just for a a quick story here, this guy called me up. He wanted his lawn mowed. And I I don't remember what I was mowing it for. It couldn't have been more than 10 bucks, probably. That's what we charged. Uh, we were. That's what we told him we would charge. Oh my goodness! Push mowed that. He had a huge backyard, and you used hand trimmers. Right. Yeah. We we used hand trimmers for a while. I didn't. I, at nine years of age, I he had he and his wife had planted a ton of flowers and trees in their yard, and beautiful landscaping. And I did not trust a nine-year-old. I didn't feel like his muscles were developed enough to be able to take a weed whacker around and not take off any of them so i i made him use poor guy poor kid i made him use hand trimmers well you didn't make me do it very long because i remember you getting down there and doing it i was helping yes because it was a lot he and his wife planted that stupid those stupid little trees to make a a privacy fence or whatever all the way around his backyard if I were to see that today, I'd be like, nope, I'm sorry, you're on your own. That w- Oh, my gosh, it was such a headache. It was. It really It was a lot for a nine-year-old. And I remember we did have a trimmer because I remember I took one out at least. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know, I know we trimmed point. it yeah. at some point. But, now, um, when you say trimmer, are you talking like... No, uh, I mean a string trimmer because oh, at that really? time we had a home light that we used at home. Maybe, but I wouldn't. I know I didn't allow you to use it. Well, at nine. somebody took some out. <laughs> I remember that, Mister Mister Tab wasn't too happy. Uh yeah. That's, <laughs> oh, you're t- okay. Well, that would have been later. I mean, certainly beyond the f- first number of times you right, would have been yeah. at least ten by the time right, yeah, you would have started using 10. that. The first year, I'm sure we just did hand trimmers or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it was a that was a pain in the butt yard. We started. I started with a push mower, our own home push mower, the hand little hand trimmers. I don't know if you guys listening have ever seen little hand trimmers. They they don't even make them. I don't think anymore. Oh, I think they probably do. But it. I've thought about it often already. That it is a miracle that even at that young age, that those hand trimmers did not cause you to get carpal tunnel. Well, they. I mean, my hands cramped up. I know that. I oh, had to sure. I had to grab both handles and scissor them together with both wow. hands because my hand would get tired. Well, that's why I helped you because I knew it was going to be too much for you alone. Yeah. So we started with our kitchen broom to clean things off. Right. <laughs> yeah, that yep. was a trip. So <laughs> when did I when did I join up with you? Because it sounds like I we weren't we pr- didn't start I from was the beginning. Probably we didn't. Twelve. Oh. Well, you would have been twelve when you started. Well, right. But Joel would have been 12 when you started right. at nine. But I think we joined forces when I was 12. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so, I think you're probably right. So anyway, uh, going on a little further, my Joel and I, brother Joel, mm-hmm. he's sitting here. Uh, we had one summer. We had an experience where we were swinging on the porch swing. You remember you, this? It yes. was you and Rachel. No, it was me and Joel. Really? I remember distinctly. Okay. I was traumatized. All right. Because Joel insisted that we swing high and swing higher and higher and higher. Well, and 
you have to give some context to where the swing was located. Well, we was, have an it, elevated porch about yep. three feet in yep. the air, mm-hmm. and then the, the porch was, swing was on that, and then and we have an evergreen. near the one end. Yep. It was a wooden porch string, uh, swing. Yep. So we have an evergreen right behind yep, uh, right. the porch swing. Right. And so we got going pretty high, and these the swing was only secured by uh, Two chains. those bolts into this into the roof of the porch, which this house was about a hundred years old. Yep. yep. The wood, I yep. don't think there had been replaced. So. And I was I was hanging on as if we to cared. The, <laughs> I was hanging on to the chain with my right hand. Or no, I was on the left side, so I was hanging on to the chain with my left hand, and we were swinging and going as hot. I mean, Joel was having a great time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, Typically. And we went back towards this evergreen tree, and all of a sudden, those bolts pulled out of the ceiling, and we flew back. The chain, because one bolt, one bolt came out, I believe. Yeah, I think it was one bolt. Okay, well, it came out with such force that when I was hanging around that I had hold of the chain. It wrapped around my hand, mm-hmm. and and we, you know, I, f- I think I flew off the porch, maybe. And uh, it seemed to me, and I may be wrong about this, but it seemed to me like when your end of the swing came down, your hand automatically just went down, and I think the corner of this wooden swing landed on top of your hand. I think that's how it was. I don't know. I thought I always thought the chain was wrapped around my hand. Well, it might have been. I don't know. I mean, it, it's been so long ago now. Yep. It's been 30 years. Pull that mic away from your mouth just a little bit. You're, when you breathe, your nose is going. Oh, dear, dear. That's not a good thing. <laughs> All right. So, um, so. So why was I was I forced into the lawn business? Because I don't remember. No, I no, guess when you were not. Let me tell you I the was story about that. Let me tell you the story about that. It's so well, hold, interesting. Hold on, hold on. Okay. We got to finish the swing story. Oh, okay. Okay, so, go ahead. Because this is my whole life is wrapped around this swing story. <laughs> so, um, so the swing came down, and whatever happened with me, uh, we just went on with my life. My hand was sore, and I cried a lot that day, and you know. Whatever it was, sort it just kept on hurting all week, and it came. I only had this one lawn, Mister Tab's lawn, and it was time to go mow. And I was like, I can't mow the lawn, Mom. I can't. And she's like, Oh yes, you can. And we we packed up the mower and went to Mister Tab's house, and uh, she got me started started to mow the lawn, and she had to run to the store or something. Left Joel there with no, you. No, no, I was I there thought alone. I did. I maybe don't maybe. think I would have left you maybe. there alone. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> I was push. I I push mowed the front, and I was on to the back, and I was I was just bawling. My hand hurt so bad, and and so I finally stopped. And mom got there, and I'm like, Mom, I can't do it. My hand hurts so bad. And so she finished the lawn, and and I I told her. Yeah, she finished mowing the lawn. What was I doing if I was there? I don't know. I don't remember being there. Well, when I, I didn't remember that I finished it, but I I mean, I could have. I I don't remember. But anyway, what I do remember is when you really started complaining about your hand, I looked at your hand and here it was clear swollen. And that's something that I had not seen previously. I had not seen any swelling on your hand. And the day that, the swing broke. Pull your mic up here. Not, not way up there. <laughs> right there. There you go. Try that. The day that the swing broke uh, and fell on your hand or however it was, yeah, you cried for a little while. But I think, if I remember right, we had guests there that day. And it wasn't long until you went out and played. You were just playing fine. And I thought, well... You know, maybe it's, you know, maybe there's nothing serious with it. It's just bruised or whatever. So I didn't think about taking you into the emergency room or having it looked at. So then the day that you were recounting where you were really, your hand was hurting pretty bad while mowing. uh, When I saw that it was swollen like that, I said, okay, something is wrong here. We've got to, I took you into the emergency room. Yeah, and they they x-rayed my hand. 
which was a whole painful ordeal. And then we, because mom had always said up until this point that she didn't think it was broken or anything. And so we got it x-rayed and lo and behold, it wasn't just one broken bone. It was five broken bones in my hand. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, I think I might have cried. I don't remember. But if I didn't, I should have. <laughs> it, was, it was quite the ordeal. But we got, I got a cast on and stuff like that, and it healed up fine. Uh, had to do some physical therapy stuff at the kitchen table. I remember that. But then let's jump ahead till to when Joel came into the business. So, you were going to say something yeah, about that. Yeah, this, this was, it, it was really kind of funny, to tell you the truth. I mean, I don't know if I laughed in front of you. Hopefully I didn't because it was, oh, well, anyway, so... Aaron, this little kid, nine years old, he was coming home with pockets full of money. And um, older brother over here, who was 12. Uh, the lazier of the what, two, by the way. <laughs> All right, you two. Certainly not the way I remember it. There's but. still sibling rivalry, rivalry going on. So anyway, Joel... Uh, he was looking at all this money that his brother was making. And so 12-year-old Joel came to me and he said, well, Mom, why didn't you help me start a lawn mowing business? And I said, well, you didn't show any interest. I didn't think you cared. And he said, well, I want to make some money. And so I said, well, if you talk to your brother really nice and you treat him really nice, he might maybe let you go into business with him. Oh, well, I was helping to save his business. It was about to go under. He couldn't. He couldn't. It was very altruistic of me. You know, there are people that they're pessimists see the glass half, full, half empty. Optimists see the glass half full. I'm an opportunist. I just drink the glass of water. Yes, so, indeed. Yeah. yeah so. In Every sense of the word. So this is, I think, where we changed the name to Sutter Brothers. Yes, I think that was uh, right. Now, my, mind you, we weren't incorporated or LLC or anything. We were just kids making money on the side. But I remember a lawn that we got out on Darby Road. And I don't know which one of us made the deal, but we made a deal with this guy on this huge, it must have been an acre. It must have been an acre. Hmm. Do you remember this I'm one? Trying that I we I, had and we give had, me a name. Uh, I don't remember. Are you talking mm. about on the other side of Laco? No, no, it was it was just Darby. It was on the other side of Clarksville. Okay. And uh, Darby Road, dirt road. I didn't remember that. And it was this old farmhouse, and it must have been an acre because we bought a, a second push mower wow. to to mow this thing, and someone, one of the two of us, made a deal to mow it once a month. And this grass grew so fast, it, every time we went to mow, it was like a foot tall. And I remember it took us at least two days each time to mow this stupid lawn. Wow. And we'd, our, these mowers that we had, they weren't, they weren't side dischargers. They, they discharged out the back into a bag, so we'd prop open the back door, you know, and let the grass come out. Oh, it was such a mess. Wow. It, it was so miserable. And I think... I think we did that for just one summer. Goodness, I had forgotten be about because, that. Yeah, I, Do you uh, remember was, what you charged remember. for that? I don't. I think we charged 50 bucks, which was yeah. not enough. No, I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> but on the other hand, I mean, I'm not sure how old you were at that point. I was probably 12. Maybe 12. But, I mean, that was like, what, 30 years ago? Almost 30 years ago yeah, now. Yeah. And for a kid his age, you know... You didn't. I didn't feel right charging what a grown man would would charge. You know. I mean, uh, I probably should have because he obviously probably worked harder than a grown man would have had to. Well, I definitely worked harder than the homeowner did. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> for sure. So there was that one, uh, and then we got the cemetery, and I yeah. think I was fourteen at that time when we got that. Probably you were probably right. sixteen, and I feel like. You I feel like that was primarily, I, I remember 
being primarily the one to mow that i don't know i mean maybe we oh, maybe no. we shared it and did yeah. the trimming and i don't i don't remember well, yeah. at that time for whatever it was your uncle ken who was the he was in charge of the cemetery right. yep. and he was the trustee or something yeah he had instructed you guys to not do the trimming every single time you mow every other time is yeah me is do. that what it was yeah. I, I, don't remember but i just know it wasn't every time and that did save you some time and work but um but that was a big big project for it took the two of you to get it done yeah yeah and they had that they what they had was a little 36 inch uh, john deere walk behind mm -hmm. and i remember Which we thought it was a big deal yeah i mean oh, we, yeah. Thought, we felt pretty hot stuff with yeah. that thing yeah. nobody wanted it we neither one of us ever wanted a trim yeah. Right, that, no, that place it was <laughs> no awful. That was we used hard to work. take a we used to take a Saturday and trim the whole thing. I think both mm -hmm. of us. Yeah, um, we'd bring a trimmer from home, and then I think they had a trimmer there that available for us to use. Mm -hmm. I believe they bought a really oh my gosh, they bought this big old heavy steel trimmer with the two arms that come out in front of you. Uh, oh yeah. Oh my right. gosh, like a brush trimmer. That thing must have weighed 30 pounds. Oh my goodness. It was so heavy. Wow. It was ridiculous. So we we had that one and a home light, which the home light was really, it was a curve shaft, but it was really light. Hmm. And I mean, we, we, we mowed the church cemetery for I think three summers. At something least. Like At least that. Yeah. yeah. And that was, we thought that was good money. Looking mm -hmm. back, I was like, we only got paid what it was like 300 something a month or something yeah like that. right that. and it I mean, wasn't they it, got their it money wasn't worth. some massive cemetery but it also wasn't just some run-of-the-mill country yeah, cemetery exactly. it wasn't the country but it was it was a good acre and a oh, half at least yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i would say it was some it was it kept us busy yeah. Oh, yeah it didn't we didn't feel the need to uh go out and shake the bushes for too many extra lawns once we had that one no no once we had that we basically got rid of everybody else i think right yeah so i mean we were not getting paid what we should have been getting paid yeah. but this was you know back early 90s really but well, you know what when you think about it um by that time you guys were both working other jobs as well right i mean we were homeschooling yeah. so you know you guys could do your school work you know whatever time of the day and then you could go do your jobs but uh aaron you started apprenticing at a um mini barn building yep. company and uh you started that at what 13 uh yes i believe yeah. i started there 13 or 14 yeah so you were doing that right we both worked there yeah i, I worked there only one day a week uh oh i didn't remember that i start Wait a minute. I think I started at 13, mm -hmm. and and I just worked one day a week then all year round. And then at 14, I worked one day a week in the winter and uh, five days a week in the summer. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And so I, I remember we used to go out and mow the cemetery after work. Wow. And yeah. it used to take, you know, it, we could get it done probably in an evening or two, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was... I mean, when we had to trim, that was yeah. like an all-day Saturday thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but it made us good money. It did make you very good money for for that for that yeah. age, I guess. Yeah, and you know, I Dad and I both felt like since you were both working uh, and were making at least at that time, it was considered good money for kids your age, and so. Uh, you guys were involved in the basketball league, and mm -hmm. that cost money. And so we had discussed it with you guys, and you were willing to pay your whatever you needed to pay for your basketball fees mm -hmm. and your your um, uniforms and that kind of thing. Um, and that really helped a lot for us. Um, well, I remember we paid. We bought once we started working. <coughs> we started buying all our clothes. Yeah, you did everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shoes. I remember Joel blowing a hundred bucks on pairs of shoes. Well, <laughs> now, Charles, now yeah, here's I bought, the, I bought the new Barclays. Yeah. When I was you excited guys, about those. When you guys got on the basketball team, um, I remember making a deal with you and saying, "Now look, I can." And this was at that time. You got to remember. I remember telling you, "I can buy you guys a nice pair of basketball shoes for thirty bucks." 
I will give you $30 toward a pair of basketball shoes. If you want something more expensive, you need to cover the rest of the cost. That's right. Yep. And and you guys did buy some very pricey I shoes. I remember that. Yeah. Well, if we, <laughs> had a, if we had a $30 springboard, that helped. Yeah. I remember Joel bought a the like the first ever made pumps uh they were spaldings yeah they weren't the first ever made well they, they were, were knockoffs of the reebok yeah. pumps they were so. spalding yes <laughs> i was thinking they were because his, Jordan his best or something. friend ha- got them and yeah. he thought he had to have them they were cool enough i guess <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what they were supposed to do <laughs> <laughs> they, looking back, that was pretty. They just kept your foot nice pretty, and snug. Pretty dumb idea. <laughs> yeah. But, and then he bought. Didn't you buy another pair that had a, like a little thing that came with it, like an air canister, and then you pushed I it in there. Don't know that I ever got that one. I do remember um, my favorite first. My the best pair that I loved. My first pair was like, wow, okay. I, made some good money here or whatever i do remember that it was a, a mom deal where she contributed yeah maybe thir- it, it might have been 30. 30 i thought it might have yeah. been a little bit more than that but well joel probably wheeled and dealed they were these blue <laughs> they were nike air maxes is the first time i ever got the full like air maxes uh-huh. and they had the um they were like a purple or blue yeah almost like laker colors but mm-hmm. i didn't care for the lakers but anyway you and they it, had like a yellow cool. had like a yellow swish on it and all of that they were, yeah. they were pretty cool shoes i'm pretty sure they were barkley like the charles barkley shoes wow. or something i don't know there joel chose to go with nikes i always bought reebok yeah you were a shack guy yep you were all about shack <laughs> and let me tell you my shoes last twice as long as joel's did every single time well at his he would get the little the air pocket thing you know that nike always made and that thing would always end up popping four or five months after he got the shoes and i'd just sit back and laugh my my shoes cost half the price uh, but i and was they a lasted twice as long i was a baller i played a lot well i think yeah. i played a little more than you well maybe <laughs> i don't know i, I think really like i think you i think you just spent your money wrong that could be. <laughs> but well, I, I do just... remember my last pair of really nice shoes were, were the Shaq. They were like the, it was like this, uh, like a, you know, when you look look at like a, if you. <sighs> yeah, he's a two-handed dunk. Well, no, 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 no. It, it had a black, it was a white shoe with these black circles on it. It was made to like, you know, make you space out or whatever. Oh, my I goodness. bought those and uh, they they were nice. <laughs> They were nice. I bought those. I thought I was pretty impressive. Yep. But that then I that that same year I blew my knee out. That might have ushered in the first time you ever beat me in basketball in one on one. And there was many. There was many more after that. that. Well, um, I I can tell you this. They um, when Aaron first started his business at nine, right from the get go, we told him he had to save. He had to put half of his earnings away in savings to save for, you know, whatever. And I have to say, as a mother, I'm very proud of the fact that at age 16, you were able to purchase your first car in cash. Uh, I don't think it was 16. I think it might have been 18. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, at any rate, Because Joel went off to college and I drove his his whatever his, oh really his, i didn't remember what that. was your car it was your first car was a uh my first car was a pontiac ste yeah, yeah something Black. like that yeah and he went off to college and couldn't take it with him his freshman year yeah. so i drove that thing all over the place i didn't remember yeah. that i was oh, thinking yes. you had bought your first car nope. yourself and well, I, joel uh, did that he bought his car in cash i also had to make repairs to your car that you knew I'm nothing sure. about oh boy <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm so, not. I'm not certain which one, which car was it left was, by the time I went to college. I don't think there it was, was black. I went think through it, a couple. It was well, a, a. It was a Pontiac, but I I cannot remember for the life of me what it was called. Well, yeah, the, I don't know. There was a blue one at one point. Uh, no, you didn't have a blue one at home. I had a Chevy Beretta that I was pretty that, proud that's of. That's the one. That so was that the was gold. Chevy Beretta. 
That was the one I. That's the one I purchased. Probably the first one I yeah. purchased. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think that was yeah. like my first car that I ever. Well, you drove. I was driving around. You drove the the sky blue family car for a while. Right. Yeah. The Buick. Yeah. The one that Grandma gave us. Well, and I remember <laughs> it was uh, kind so of an embarrassment first, to drive. <laughs> I think one of our first lawn cars, like that we would take around, was that Cutlass Supreme yeah. station yeah. wagon with. Which uh, would have the uh, the rear facing yep. the yep. rear facing seat oh for the kids all like to be that in that. Wow. That sucker had a V eight in it. Oh, uh, it, would, it was beautiful. It would, it would go. <laughs> oh I mean, yeah, it was loud gas guzzler. I used to drive we, that to Dutch Barns. We jumped it over a bridge one time yeah. <laughs> on an accident. Yeah. Well, Caught I can tell you this. We also we also buried it in a snowdrift coming home from yeah. basketball practice. Well, that was you and Ben, I thought. No, that was me and Joel. Okay. And we we ran. We had to run across this field to a farmhouse, and a girl with one leg answered the door. <laughs> One leg. <laughs> yeah, she had one leg, and we're like, "Oh, I don't know if we should be." I didn't be hear at that story. House. Yeah, because we had to call dad. <laughs> oh <my laughs> right, and I, you know, I try to communicate to my kids like, "Listen, four or five minutes late, you're we're only a cell phone call away. You've got yeah. your phone. Yep. You yeah. can like, here's what we had to do. Yeah. Yep. We had to go to the the first farmhouse available and. Talk to the local amputee and um, <laughs> whoever answered the door, right? Yep. And you had to hope that it wasn't yep. somebody that was, uh, yep. you know, ill-willed. Yeah. Or like, oh, yeah, come well, on in for some candy. No, you just had to trust people back then. And we grew up in the yeah. rural rural Michigan where, for the most part, you could, you could feel pretty good about um, yeah. things in the early mid-'90s. Yeah. yeah. I will say this. I was really glad when Joel was old enough to drive because then I didn't have to take you guys around to your lawn mowing jobs anymore. Um, I mean, when you started at nine, I took you, I packed you in the lawnmower in the car and I was there. I spent a lot of time helping you get that business going Yep. and I loved it. I loved every minute of yeah, watching I, you do it. Thank you. Thank you. Was, you didn't get paid nearly enough. Oh, that's okay. I, You know, a mother will do anything for her kids. She didn't get paid at all. <laughs> right. That's also okay. sort of did. She didn't have to she didn't yeah. have to buy our, our basketball league. I guess yep, that's, that's true. true. She saved that's the family true. a bunch of money. Yeah, and you know what? You guys also paid for your choir costs when you were in the uh, St. Cecilia Music what? Society. Oh, uh, I don't think wow. we did. Yes, you did. I don't You think didn't so. start out paying for it when you first joined the choir. But as you got older, you started paying for your own. All well, three of you. All Rachel did, too. I don't remember Man, that. We really had to want to be in it. I don't <laughs> know. If, I mean, I we enjoyed did. it, you but I don't think we liked it that much. Um, well, yeah. Mm. I know I'm I didn't because I got out of it. Did something you didn't want to do, but I loved it. I loved seeing you guys up there. Yep. You all three had great voices. So. Yeah. So. Uh, so now, now that we're grown, Joel, what do you do now? Uh, I'm in sales. Um, I sell uh, industrial uh, packaging materials and equipment uh, for. So basically, anything when you order an Amazon package, anything that that comes in is something that. I, you know, that's the product category, the packaging piece of it itself, whether it's inside the box or outside the box, and is all things that I handle. And yeah, we work with uh, a lot of uh, companies like that in e-commerce to try and get their products to their customers safely, whether it be uh, a retail store or straight to your door. Mm -hmm. Didn't mean to rhyme mm -hmm. all in time, but yeah, that's kind of what I do these days, and have done that for the last uh, six to eight years. Nice. Yep. And mom, what do you do? Well, right now, uh, I am fully retired. So there you go. I am at home and loving every minute of it. So yep. I was a pastor's wife for 35 years and also worked as a, um, oh, now I've almost forgotten my title. Um, I was uh, a HIPAA specialist working for med the medical community. And... Um, copying records and that kind of thing. It was a big, big business. Um, the company I worked for was out of Atlanta, Georgia, so I was a field rep. And the company was nationwide, so it, it was a big deal. But yep. I enjoyed, I fully enjoyed it very much. It was a good job. But I'm glad to be retired. 
Yep. So. And you all know what I do. I uh, mow lawns. Mm-hmm. I still mow lawns. Right, but I'll say that, you know, I think the, well, we always, I've always made fun of you for that first phone call uh, many yep. times, yeah. and, uh, but I, I will give you credit that you had the, mm-hmm. the guts as a, as a youngster to stick your neck out there and, mm-hmm. and uh, try to find, a, find some food, and, you know, leave the cave. You were even, you know, at that age, <laughs> leave the cave, go and kill something and bring it home. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so I give you a lot of credit, and I think the the lawn, well, the lawn care industry are just that job in itself. And I've revisited it, not to the success that you've had with it, mm-hmm. or I just didn't stick with it. I think as a part time thing for me in my mm-hmm. adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still, I still enjoy cutting the grass. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time re- letting it go to my older son, even. He'd be happy to give it back to me for our, for our <laughs> home, but um, Isaiah is mowing. Good I, I, discipline trainer. I do still. I, I enjoy it if you know mm-hmm. if I decide it makes sense for me to go and mow it for ourselves. But yep. um, it uh, certainly gave us gave me a level of uh, entrepreneurship, even though I'm not necessarily you know an, an business owner, but mm-hmm. uh, working in sales like to me that kind of scratches that itch and. Mm-hmm. Um, to uh, go out there and you know you you earn what you're what you're mm-hmm. worth yeah uh, what you're what you're able to put into it and mm-hmm. so I do um, have to say and I didn't think about this until just now um, you're starting your own lawn mowing business at age nine is actually you would have been the second generation I was known around town as a young kid uh, probably around age ten or eleven. I was known around town as the lawn girl, and I mowed, we had, we lived on a street where were there many widow ladies living alone, and they were getting on in age and couldn't mow their lawns, so I would go around and mow all their lawns, and I was the one that was sought after, even uh, with the lawn boys, I mean, not the mower lawn boy, but the boys in town, my age, uh, trying to get some work, I was the one that was sought after. Yeah, you remember what you would? You remember what they would pay you, or you? I only charged a couple of dollars, like three dollars, which was Ooh. big, big money then. I too, mean, actually. that for me that was big money back then. Sure. I mean, goodness, I don't want to tell you how long ago that was. <laughs> the fifties. Uh, it would be too telling. <laughs> but I absolutely no, was loved. Not. I loved mowing the lawns. Oh, and I'm sorry. The thirties. It was not. <laughs> I loved mowing lawn and cleaning things up, and I loved especially working for these widow ladies. They were so appreciative, and many of them were living. I don't even know if they had a fixed net income. I'm assuming they did at that time, but but they didn't have much money. And I remember crying actually one day when my dad came along and said, "Look, you must start charging more." And I actually cried because. I, I feel bad for these women. They were living alone, didn't have husbands. They didn't have anybody that was, their, apparently their family wasn't around. And and I just, I could hardly bring myself to charge more. But I did it because I was told to. <laughs> so, and they they paid it. It's, a good, it's a good lesson because it, uh, in my line of work, I have to eventually at some point start charging more, especially in this. Mm-hmm. These uncertain times, certainly Aaron yeah. has had to do that with yeah. uh, oh, his yes. customers. I mean, there's there's fuel yeah. costs, maintenance costs, and all that stuff starts to yeah. rise. And so, yeah. you, you fell you fell into the the classic no no trap. Uh, I know getting emotionally involved when I with was. your client. You hit it on the head. Yep, <laughs> I was. That's yeah. the number one pitfall. Yeah, is you never want to get emotionally involved with a client. Yeah. Because then you feel bad every time you nick a shrub or or, yeah. or charge too much or anything. Yeah, but well, I think look. it's a balance. I think it's a balance well, though, it, because there, the, the type is. of person, the type of person that would have that finds it challenging to not get emotionally atta- attached mm-hmm. or tends to get emotionally attached, that's really kind of the kind of person that somebody wants to have doing their yeah. their work and to be well think about well. this one of my clients was actually over a hundred years old and she was living alone in her house taking care of herself 
And I think she had maybe taken a tumble at one point and wasn't able to mow. She was mowing her own lawn at 100 years old with a push mower. And she would get up the ladder and clean her eaves out, clean the leaves out of her eaves. And I mean, it was just crazy. But I loved her. She was a sweet, dear lady, and I loved her so much. But yeah. Well, like Joel was saying, it, it, there is a balance. I've talked about that before here on the podcast that, I mean, you have to be willing to take five, ten minutes and conversate with your client or whatever yeah. to help kind of get that, help help convey that emotional connection without having too much of an emotional connection mm-hmm. because you can get to a point where it's overdone and then they're at they're calling you asking you to put in their mm-hmm. you know to take in their their lawn furniture and all that stuff yeah. at the end of the year and mm-hmm. uh, clean their windows and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff so yeah. there there yeah, is a balance true. there is a balance in the lawn care business anyway uh, mm-hmm. to kind of you, you you want your customer to feel like you have a personal connection mm-hmm. uh, maybe sometimes without having too much of a personal connection so it there's definitely a balance, a delicate balance, mm-hmm. especially I feel in the lawn care industry. I mean, I don't know your industry, but uh, for sure, because a lot of, especially older people, a lot of times if they're calling you to mow their lawn, they don't have kids in the area and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so they, they find you as somebody that they can trust. And then mm-hmm. they start asking you to do all sorts of other things, yeah. like come inside and move furniture mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. hang a picture, things like that. <laughs> yeah. So, do they ask you to do that? Like, do they offer to to pay for that extra oh, no. service? Oh no, they mm-hmm. they just expect it done because, because you're a nice because guy. Because you're nice and you're mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Like like you're their kid or their mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. So right. That's the that's the danger of having too much of an emotional relationship with your client, or too much of a friendship mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, is they feel like they can ask you to do those things. But what's the danger in it, though? Well, it's not necessarily a danger, other than, especially in the lawn care industry, t- you're not getting paid for the work you're doing. You're getting sure. paid for your time. Right. And so the more time you spend at someone's property, the less money you're making because you should be on to the next client. Right. But then I think you, you know that when it's time to increase their rates, which might be the next season, they're not going to go and shop you because they trust you. You built in that. Yes. You don't want to do that every time. End of the season. Like there's a. I can see where you know your time I've had is valuable, it both but you can ways. look at right. I'll but tell I, you. Okay, so then yes, I mean that would be if you f- you have to have your spidey sense turned up, I guess, to, in some degree to right to know whether they're actually taking advantage of you and and taking advantage of your time, sure. or if this is something that's certainly going to further ingratiate them to you to where your that business is never going to go anywhere, no matter what right. your rates. Yeah. Do. And I've had that. I've had that because um, I've had some clients where I've done things for them and they're perfectly fine. And I, I does come to raising their rate 10 to 20% the next season and they don't, they don't shop around and they're not, they're not offended by that at all. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, I've, I've helped clients with different things like that and I raised their rate the next season and they were extremely offended mm-hmm. that I raised their rate. So it's it, it it goes it can go both ways, and so you have you have kind of have to learn the the client because everybody's kind of different, uh, but you kind of have to feel it out. And sometimes, like I've had to let some of those people go because they they fight you tooth and nail if you try to raise their rate. So, at, at, but they'll 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 pay it but they certainly will not be happy about it. And when they're not happy about it, they start to get very nitpicky on the work. And so because they feel like they need to get more value for what they're paying. Right. And that's a little bit of a nuance that you have to deal with. It's different than what, so you're working with as a, in a business, a B to C model, business to customer model, where 
they're paying for a service that doesn't help them like grow their business where in my right. case they're paying for our service and our and our materials so that they can serve their customers right. and yeah. feed their business so if i have to raise rates and oftentimes it's it's incremental on a certain material class mm-hmm. product category whatever they i might get some resistance but they also know that they're fighting the same mm-hmm. challenges yep. mm-hmm. that i'm fighting mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all supply chain, and at the end of the day, it gets passed on to that end consumer right. in whatever way they see fit. Mm-hmm. And so I can empathize with the fact that, yeah, you have every family's got that, that family budget that's got just sort of a limit. Mm-hmm. They can't just mm-hmm. pass that extra right. on to anyone else. Yep. So, yeah, I get that. I, I can see where you're, where you're coming from in, in, that, in that way. Yeah, and it, it's different when you're buying a product than when you're buying a service, mm-hmm. um, because I like, especially the lawn service. It, it's kind of, I mean, home home cleaning things like that could be the same, could be in the same boat, where it's like a weekly scheduled service uh, mm-hmm. over over time. Uh, it would be a little different for plumbing, like plumber. I mean, you can be a plumber and charge two hundred fifty dollars an eye an hour. And nobody bats an eye at that mm-hmm. because, you know, you have a skill that they don't have. Mm-hmm. And and so people don't look at lawn care as me having a skill that they don't have. Mm-hmm. They, they look at it as that they don't have time to do it themselves. So they're hiring me to do it. What they don't what they don't understand is that the eight years of experience or 10 years of experience that I have. I can be much more efficient with my time mm-hmm. and do a better job than they could do. And, and, but they don't, they don't understand that that cost that, that mm-hmm. comes at a cost. Mm-hmm. And so it's, they don't understand too, that like the professionalism that comes with the invoicing, the, the scheduling, the communication between services when we're delayed or there's, you know, something happens like they don't, factor that stuff into that rate either and so that's the difference between like a product where if a like the grocery store for instance you know turkeys are going to go way up in price this year people probably won't bat an eye at buying a turkey for thanksgiving but if if i raise my rates 20 to 25 percent this year for lawn mowing people are going to really question whether they want to continue with that service Mm -hmm. so it's different but you have to, in especially in the lawn care industry, we have to educate our clients on why the rates are going up so much. And it, we have supply chain issues that the customer doesn't feel, like with the like you were saying with the B two B, because, I mean they they're selling like you said you're selling a product to them they're selling that product basically to their client. Uh, with us, like we have mower blades, mower blades this year went up by 30, 40%. Oil went up by 30, 40% this year. Mower prices are through the roof. They went, some, some equipment prices went up 200%. Wow. And so, and yep. then of course you have fertilizer, which went up 250% this year. Hmm. So they, they don't, uh, they don't always factor that in with a service-based business. Mm-hmm. So that. You just have to, mm-hmm. you have to educate them because that's stuff that if you don't see it, you don't know. Mm-hmm. How do you communicate to that that to them? Do you kind of build that into a preseason, pre-lawn season sort of uh, notice or letter where you? Because a lot of times our suppliers will do that for us. They'll they'll kind of they'll insert the key factors into why they're asking for this increase. The justification essentially. And those are things, I mean, I was in the lawn business a couple of years and things I wouldn't typically think of, especially with somebody coming to do, you know, my own lawn. If I was to have, I wouldn't be thinking necessarily that the, well, for one, Joe homeowner isn't going to understand how often you have to change your blades. Right. And they understand the fuel costs. That's about the only thing they understand Mm -hmm. because that hits Mm -hmm. them as well. Right. So... How do you do that? How do you communicate that? To you them? do like what I do is I do communicate. If I'm going to raise my prices, I typically try to do it in the spring. So I, I 
make up a letter, form letter, and send it out to everybody saying I'm raising my prices this year, you know, to deal with inflation, fuel costs. Uh, I don't always put in like, uh, it's typically just uh, inflation. I just bundle everything in with inflation. That's the easiest way to do it. And typically they understand through that that I have to raise my price. But um, this coming year, I'm, I'm looking at raising my prices another 20%. And so uh, I'm going to have to go into a little bit more detail probably. Um, and I'm okay with losing some clients raising my prices because that raising those prices is going to cover some of that loss. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it's, for me, it's coming down to supply and demand now for my service. Like my phone rings you know, a couple times a day for, for new clients calling me or whatever. And so, I mean, it's supply and demand. I get a lot of people calling. I got to raise my rates to cut back on, on that so that I make more money. So I don't have all that, Mm -hmm. all that going on, you know, just like, just like with anything, like if, if there's a popular vehicle, they're going to raise the price on that vehicle because it's popular. Yeah. It's supply and demand. They can't keep up with demand, so they raise the price. Mm-hmm. So it's the same same concept with service. But um, to answer your question, yeah, I basically just communicate it in a letter at the beginning of the year. Um, I probably should have raised my rates mid-season this year. Uh, another 10%. I raised them 10% in the spring. I should have raised it another 10% in about at about July, but I just chose not to do that. Uh, but in that case, I would have, I would have given a little bit better explanation, not just inflation, but, um, re- definitely rising fuel costs, fuel around us got up way up over five bucks a gallon. Um, and, and then mower blades are extremely expensive right now. So um, just that alone, not to mention your weed eater string, your oil, your oil for the mix on your weed eaters, mm-hmm. all that. I mean, everything has gone up in price. So um, the next the next time I send out a letter, I'm going to have to be a little bit more detailed. But typically, that's how you do it. Do you remember going back to our childhood? Do you remember the first time that you had to uh, increase rates for a customer? I don't remember. I feel like I, I remember my I remember my first negotiation and it had to do with Mr. Tab actually back to the first mm-hmm. lawn that we ever did. He actually had a uh he lived on a lake not too different than where we're at right now. No, he didn't mm-hmm. live on a lake. No, he was in town right in Lake Odessa. He was right was near the, the old the old post. Uh, oh, right. It was it was I'm that old of, guy. I am thinking of a different Okay, we put in another gentleman. That's right. That's it was for the dock. Yeah. He was like, "Well, what mm-hmm. do you know?" Mm-hmm. And we kind of had to. That's the first negotiation that I ever had to ever mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think he wanted to pay us ten or something. Maybe not ten enough. For, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. Definitely not enough. And uh, and I, I was think I countered with twenty or something, and of course we ended up settling probably in the middle. Yeah. But that's the first time where I had to. That's the first time I remember where I had to kind of. Where I felt like somebody was lowballing me, and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, well, and as you guys as mother getting you started with this thing, I, I didn't have enough of a business head to know how to even approach that kind of thing. So you didn't learn that from me. So well, and you know, to be honest, when you're starting, like even when I started my business again as an adult, like I just. I started out charging 25 bucks a lawn, you know, mm-hmm. you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And over time you just realize that, Hey, I'm not making much money on this. Yeah. And, and, you know, my first realization that I wasn't charging enough is that I heard someone talking about that at a minimum, you should be making a dollar a minute when you're oh, on wow. a property. And so that I eventually I got up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm, shooting for more like a a dollar 50 per minute Mm -hmm. um because on it i mean you got it your business has to make profit Mm -hmm. you have to pay yourself you have Mm -hmm. to cover all your costs for not only insurance Mm -hmm. but for your vehicles for i mean you got to factor in tire changes oil changes i mean 
it's so much like I'm at a my minimum for for a a lawn mowing today. I mean the absolute base what I have to make and with a, a very minimal like five dollars of pro- profit is forty dollars. Wow. And that's for any lawn. It doesn't matter the size. It has to be it has to be forty dollars. Wow. Because otherwise I can't cover my costs. Mm-hmm. So I mean I haven't figured it out yet. I want to sit down this winter and figure out how much money it costs me to have my truck just sitting at a property. Mm-hmm. That's not unloading anything. That that's nothing. Just to show up at a property, how much it costs me mm-hmm. to drop the gate on the mm-hmm. on the trailer and have all my equipment. Because I mean, my my setup right now, uh, it's my setup is it's at least an eighty thousand dollar setup. So it's it's a big deal to have all that money just sitting there. You got to cover that cost. And if you're not recouping that cost on every single lawn, then you're losing money. So it, that's something I, I, I mean, I sat down and figured out my, my minimum that I have to charge last year. Um, and last year it was 35 and this year has to go up to 40 and wow. I need to sit down and make sure that it's 40 this year, mm-hmm. but that's the, the minimum. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you this much. I'm very proud of both of my boys, our daughter, all three of you children have, you learned how to work at an early age, and I'm very proud of that. It's, you know, um, there were times, I have to say, with you three fighting like cats and dogs, it seemed like it never stopped it when you were young, <laughs> and I wondered if you were ever going to grow up and be civil, but um, there is hope. To all you moms and dads out there that are listening, there is hope, and I'm very proud of my children. They've all well, turned out we're, well. We're glad that you got in the trenches and taught. I mean, you taught us how to mow. Mm-hmm. You taught us how to do the lawn care thing. Yeah. And well, so, I think Dad taught us. How well, to mow. Dad taught us how to yeah. mow. Yeah. But Mom taught us the finer details of mowing. Dad never taught us how to trim that I can remember. I remember I we had that one tree with the roots that would stick up real high i remember destroying a mower on one of those oh. roots Ooh. i bent the drive shaft on wow. on one he was none too pleased about that <laughs> <laughs> that i saw him he would use that mower and just hover over it and i thought oh that's how you do that okay so i when i was mowing i took the mower and i hovered it over there and then i dropped down on that thing and oh. <laughs> And it, it totally blew up the mower. So, wow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you spent a lot of time I did. training us. Dad showed us how to do it, mm-hmm. and you kind of helped refine it a little bit. Yeah. So, well, I think we picked up a lot of uh, Dad's work ethic. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, you did. From just observation. Yeah. He's around here somewhere. Yeah, he's speaking of which, here. he's in there washing dishes probably. Mm-hmm. No, he's back but, here on his phone. Oh, okay. Well... And I'm going to need yep, to get my somebody. ham in the oven here before long. So yeah, um, uh, and just a brief, you know, Dad, bivocational. He's a he was a bivocational minister, meaning that he worked a job full time and then yeah. also yep. uh, shepherded a small church um, uh, as well. All mm-hmm. grow, growing up years, and so a lot of early mornings, uh, late nights for him. Mm-hmm. And then yep. yeah. I think we certainly uh, need to. It, it needs to be stated that yes, I think a lot absolutely. of that work ethic came from just kind of observing yeah. uh, how he went about, you know, his business. And, and uh, Another thing I'm very proud of is that both of you are teaching your sons how that same work ethic. And that is, I mean, to see that pass on down to the next generation is phenomenal. That's great. Yep. It's when you first start, it's like pulling teeth, but then it yeah it gets going. The snowball gets rolling, especially mm-hmm. if you get some money involved. Then they really get, right. get yeah. after it. <laughs> right. So that's a big deal. All right, anything else you guys want to mm-hmm. say? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like I should probably shout out you know BGR Packaging if you're in the Indianapolis area. <laughs> All right. Drop a little you know shameless plug. I, I I'm in the Indianapolis area serving. Uh, um, all those, uh, you know, e-commerce businesses, third-party logistics, things of those, that nature. Um, 
family-owned business and uh, ready to help whenever we can. All right, Chancing Vosa, if you're listening to this, uh, if you need to ship any of your hats, T-shirts, anything like that, hit up, what was it, BGI? BGR. BGR Packaging. Packaging in Indianapolis or uh, Brian's Lawn Maintenance, if you're listening. Do you have anything to ship? BGR Packaging. There you go. Let's uh, get it in the family. Anything you want to say, Mom? Yep. I'm... I think I pretty much contributed all I need to say. I, I will say this much yet. It it was so helpful as as you guys learned how to work. It was really helpful that we were homeschooling at the time because it allowed us to have the flexibility and time to do that. I realize, that being said, I realize that not everybody can homeschool. It just doesn't fit into your schedule or whatever or into your financial situation, but... And uh, but if if you have the ability to do that, if you have children at home yet, it's a great way to go. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this episode up, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you got some value out of it today. If nothing else, a little entertainment value for hearing the (laughs) the the past history of how uh, Lansing Lawn Service got started. And uh, again. Thanks for listening, and as always, I will see you in the next episode.